Now, I don't need to tell you, but one of the best things about living in a place like Ireland is that you're almost always within distance of some stunning view, beautiful landscape, be it coastal or mountain peaks. Well, my guest this morning is someone who has become passionate, not just about hiking and climbing mountains, but also about taking care of the likes of you and me while we're out there. She's a volunteer with the Dublin Wicklow Mountain Rescue Team and is in studio this morning. Good morning, Fiona Kelly. Morning, Brendan. How are you? I'm good, good. We, we actually uh, bumped into each other, didn't we, in a restaurant did. once. And I, you started to tell me about your incredible work. Yeah. But um, before we talk into the rescue work, take me back a bit. Um, sure. And your ambition as a beginner is very impressive to be a mountain hiker. Yeah, so I suppose this, this all began probably about 12 years ago um, over few drinks in a restaurant um so there's a theme there but it was a it was a fr- it was a friend um it was myself and two friends and she had been looking for a challenge so we decided we would um for some reason uh set the ultimate challenge and we would go and climb Kilimanjaro um later that year so we signed up uh, I did not know this yeah there. sorry yeah. so we, we signed up overnight and uh I was like well I've never been up a mountain before so we're gonna have to start hiking so so we did and we found ourselves down in Karen Tool yeah, and me. and we um and Karen Tool's pretty tricky yep I didn't even know like I like I had no business being up a mountain right I'm I'll kind be of a latent hiker yeah I've come to it in the last 10 years and I love it yes and there's something about it that you just have to get and you slip into it mm-hmm. and that is because I used to rush up and down and think about my lunch I think about where we were going next yeah. instead of just enjoying the process so Karen Tool is pretty pretty hairy one to start with yeah no we were guided up it so so we were and um, we were guided okay we were guided right so the, I would not recommend anybody inexperienced goes up a mountain um, well of course like you wouldn't that. now because now you're I trained <laughs> um, but so, so we did that we did Kilimanjaro we went off and we um did a number of hikes and probably along the way realised that we were um, being guided. We didn't really know what we were doing. So we, we set off and we did our mountain skills training. And come back a bit, come back a bit. Yeah. Kilimanjaro, what's it like? It's so fantastic. You, so that was your first big hike? That was my first, yeah, that was my first big hike outside of Ireland, yeah. right? So so uh, obviously did the, the Reeks and Kerry, um, did a little bit around Wick though, but uh, Kilimanjaro was my first What was big. it like? Describe it. It's fantastic. So it's, it's just a, I mean, the only way I can describe it, like all of these things, it's just this journey. And um, they give you this piece of advice at the beginning because it is, it is quite intimidating and daunting when you get there and you see it looming ahead of you. And they just say, it's how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. And you just walk one step at a time. Like you've got the best of help and the best of care around you. So um, they're advising you and they're telling you, you know, when to take breaks. And like you're you're not just climbing, you're dealing with the altitude. And you look in there and it's looming and it's sticking up <laughs> through the clouds, isn't it? Literally. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And as you get, each day brings something totally different. So the first part of it, you know, it's um, rainforests and it's very damp and wet and mucky. And then the next day you're up and you're above the clouds and it's much more of like a lunar landscape. And then you progress even further and you've got um, onto the uh, Barranca Wall, which is very steep. And sort of when you're approaching it, you're wondering, how are we ever going to get up there? Um, but, you know, it's it's. Um, yeah, every every single day brings a totally different um, aspect to it. You create lifelong friends uh, through it. So I met people on that tour that you know I didn't know beforehand, and they're now some of my best friends. Um, oh, so you'd obviously thoroughly recommend it for people who like hiking. Like I absolutely recommend it, and it's not a hard hike physically, um, as in the the hiking element of it. It is from. You know, making sure that you're ready for the altitude and giving yourself the best chance. We had a great um, guide who made sure that, you know, we 
took everything slowly. So we were giving ourselves the best chance. So 19 out of 20 of us made it to the top, whereas a lot of other groups, it might have been more like five or, or six out of 20. Because um, they get sick. Because they get sick. And you, oh, like wow. we, had, we had one um, girl on our team who just, she, she couldn't eat for three days, you're right, with the altitude. And, it, you know, it was just unfortunate. But um, yeah, wow. so it's, it's a challenge. So what year was that? That was in 2013. 12 years ago. 20, 20, yeah, 2011, 2012, yeah. So that's, you're hooked then. Yes. You're a hiker. Yes, I'm a hiker. So then you tie, you decide to take it to the next level. When you come home to Ireland, you think, right, because you were guided and people were carrying your bags. Yeah. And I mean, I have to say, I love a guided hike because mm-hmm. you don't have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. You can just enjoy it, right? Yeah. But we go on our own all the time and I get a bit nervous. Yeah. So you went on and trained. What did you do? So myself and my friend Laura, we went and we, we decided, well, we're going to have, we should, we should be responsible here and we should learn how to do this properly. So we um, looked at how we would go about that in Ireland. It's the mountain skills um, sort of curriculum. So there's mountain skills one and mountain skills two. And that for me just unlocked everything. I remember driving home afterwards going, I can go up that mountain. I can go up that mountain. Like I can, <laughs> I can plan a route. I can be prepared. I can be confident going out. And I know that... Um, oh, you're and selling make... it really well. I love the idea of it because I, we've gone up, uh, we go up Lug Naquilla a lot in Wicklow yeah. and we've gone through marshland and I'm going, this is dangerous. Yeah. I, this, yeah. This is, we need to find, because we can't do a route. So who did you train with and how, where can I find out so, about that? So um, you, you can go on to um, the Mountaineering Ireland and they'll have a lot of the Very information um, around, there's lots of different providers. Um, there's actually a number of them on our team now. So usually what happens is people volunteer and they join the team and then they get the grow for even more for the outdoors so they become mountain skills or mountain leaders or they train and become paramedics um, so so people kind of their whole life changes right after they join the team um, in, in, in many we'll cases We'll get to the team in a yeah. second so how long does the, train, t- t- the training take? A few weeks? Weekends? For mountain skills? Yes It's, it's a weekend um, Wow okay and and it's um, you're out from Saturday until the Sunday evening. You tend to stay over. When you progress to Mountain Skills Two, you do. There's a night element to it. So um, yeah, it's it's full on, um, but yeah. it's ex- incredible experience. So then it led you to volunteering. So I lo- you 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 have a very glamorous hiking uh, <laughs> uh, history. You 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 went to Kilimanjaro. Of course, you start with the best, of course. <laughs> and and then uh, what drew you from you know this? Now you now are sort of a accomplished, qualified hiker and comfortable in your own skin mm. to then becoming a volunteer. Yeah. France and Switzerland feature. Oh, yeah. So um, so the following year after Kilimanjaro, um, a group, a subgroup of, of the, the team that had gone to Kilimanjaro wanted to do um, Mont Blanc and do the hot route on the way to that. So the hot route is like 100, 120 kilometres from Zermatt to Chamonix um, and you're hiking hut to hut. And... Hut to hut. Yeah. What's that so, mean? So there's there are huts up at the top of these mountains and you hike to them. <laughs> you stay there and you hike the next day to the next wow. hut. Yeah. So it's I and at the time so my friend Siobhan um was very keen on doing it and I was like, not for me. Why um, not for you? Is it, are you sharing dorms and stuff? Is it a bit mucky? I don't know. I think I probably just had a lot going on at the time. Um okay. so anyway, I did I didn't sign up to it. And then one of the girls dropped out with about six weeks' notice, something had happened. And they came back to me again, they said would you, could you do it? And I'm probably a bit um, easily swayed by if you tell me I can't do something or if you set me a challenge, I'll be like, watch me. So I was like five, five weeks, six weeks, that's a, that's a lot, um, a lot to do. So I basically, so I said yes. And then I was like, right, I have to get myself my fitness levels up. So I was literally, it was like, um, 
you know, I, I'd say my, I was living in an apartment block at the time and I'd say my neighbours were wondering what was going on. Um, I lived on the top floor, so I'd run up and down the stairs uh, 20 times, right? So I was trying to just emulate the hike and, and try and up the fitness levels, lots more running. Then I was like, well, I'm going to be, um, we were crossing crevasses and glaciers, so we were going to be roped in at various parts of this hike. I had never rock climbed in my life. I didn't know how to do that. So I signed myself up to Awesome Walls and I went and I did a beginner's course. So I knew that at least... While I knew we would be taught an element of it when we got there, I just wanted to remove some of the first steps or have a little bit of familiarity. Have basics going, yeah. yeah. And then the mistake I'd kind of made with, um, I'd learned a lot from Kilimanjaro just about my kit, my gear and, you know, how to have the lightest. We were going to be carrying our backpacks this time, whereas in um, Kilimanjaro, like we were mollycoddled, right? Somebody else carried our backpacks. So this time it was all about keeping the weight down. We had... The clothes we stood in and a change of clothes, right? Wow. So so you were looking at how do we make sure that it's the lightest, the cleanest, um, no stink, right? So merino featured heavily. Um so so we did I did all of that and then we set off and we did our seven days um hiking the Hort Route, which was an amazing experience and I would recommend to anybody that it's into hiking um as a as a an expedition. It's fantastic. Um and then we were supposed to climb uh, Mont Blanc at the end of all that, but there was a wind that comes in, it's called the Foon, and the, I think I'm pronouncing it right. The Foon came in and it basically means it's off limits because it's just so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So we did another mountain instead. We had a backup. Our our, our guide had um, was very prepared and he had that prepared for us. So. But something happened on that trip that, that made you want to be a volunteer in terms of rescue. What was it? Yeah, so as, as I was, I think it was a week, the week before um, going to, to Chamonix, um, we there was a group of us out hiking and I was going off on a solo hike and a few of them were rock climbing and I we'd all had a day it was it was it was a warm summer's day and I had done a, a huge big um loop and as we all got back to the cars we had we had seen climbers above us um that day as we were setting out and as we got back to the car one of our group got a phone call from one of the uh, party members of that the other group saying that there'd been a fall and they had called in the rescue services but they weren't sure um, if they were coming coming, so could we do something so we we called in rescue services again and then we basically ran back up to the top of the mountain to guide at this point given the severity of the the, um, fall and the accident the um, helicopter had been tasked with um, mountain rescue Um, and we we went up to kind of guide them into where the the point was Um, and that that was a, a, an enormous um, rescue, like it was in the news the next day, um, and and that kind of really opened my eyes to what mountain rescue was about and what they were doing and and their capabilities. Um, I'd taken part in some of their fundraising events before that, um, so I was definitely aware of them. But this was kind of seeing it in action um, was a real real eye opener for me. And it, it inspired you then to come back to Ireland and want to become a rescuer. Yeah, so I there was a little bit of a break. I, I went um, off traveling, and I I did. Um, uh, I was living in the US for a little bit, and then when I came back, um, I suppose I was looking to re-engage with the community, and um, it seemed to me like the sort of the best way to do that and the best way to give back. So that's how I came to join the team. So. Uh you, you, how do you do that? <laughs> you just say, how do you become a mountain rescuer? It's quite impressive. <laughs> I know. Now, obviously, you have now established that you are very capable. You mm-hmm. have done some training. Mm-hmm. You've done a couple of really big hikes. So, I mean, if you walked in and I was interviewing for a mountain rescue team, I'd say, yes, top of the class. Yeah. So, so it came about, there was kind of, and everything in Ireland, right? Like, you know, to, you know uh, somebody who knows somebody um, or there's, you know, I kind of got connected to the team in two or three different ways. 
So one way was, as I said, I was doing a number of the events. So they have fundraising events every year, run the line, walk the line. And then the big sort of trophy one, the Arthur Neil Challenge, which is 60 kilometre um, hike or run, depending on, on your persuasion, from Dublin Castle down to Glenmore Valley. And I had done that three three times. And I think the last time I had at done night. it. At night. Yeah. Right, Midnight. I, I remember you telling me this yeah. and this is what really, uh, I'd never heard of it and Glenmalure is my favourite place on the planet. I That's go there right, yeah. all the time. I'd never heard of it. So these are fundraisers obviously for Mountain Rescue. Yeah, so 70, 78% of our um, our expenses are covered by our fundraising events. Very good. Um, so um, one of them, as I said, the, our flagship one is the Arch O'Neill Challenge and it is to recreate the breakout of uh, Hugh Arch O'Neill from Dublin Castle in 1594, I think I have the, the year right. 1594 and... Um, and he ran to Glenmalure. He, he was trying to get to a safe house in Glenmalure. And, uh, which is still there. Which is still there. He didn't make it, which I only found out the first time oh, I did okay. that. <laughs> slightly dampens it. it. It does. It does dampen it when you're at like eight in the morning and you're climbing up this gully and you're like, why is there a plaque here? And it's, you learn it's because he died in that spot. Um, obviously from malnutrition and exposure and hypothermia and all those things, um, he wasn't fortunate enough to have all of the very good kit that we have these days. Um, so, so yeah, so I was taking part in that and it was a pretty brutal, um, uh, I suppose, weather system coming in at the time. And as we were self-guided, um, myself and my friend, and we, we came, I think we were the first and the second walkers in. And one of the guys said to me, look, you clearly know how to look after yourself in the, in the hills. You've been out for 12 hours covering 60 kilometres in some of the worst, like in, in desperate weather, um, we'd had a, it was, there was a lot of snow. Um, would you be interested in joining the team? So what time of the year is this? So this is the middle of January. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, it's brutal. <laughs> it's pretty brutal, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. People come from all over the world, right? We have a lottery every year for this. Because it's Cause full. Because there's only 200 spots. Amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I would, I would recommend anybody, I mean, anybody who's really interested in this probably knows about the event anyway, but um, it's definitely a, a, a flagship And you event. can run it or walk at 60k through the night into the Wicklow Hills. Yes. Wow. And there are only three checkpoints. Like there's, there's, the first, there's the start, the, the, um, there's the checkpoint one, two and the finish, right? So there's no trail as such. You've got you to self-guide. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So they said, you're great. <laughs> you please be a rescuer. They said, well, you seem to know your way around the hills. Clearly, or um, else you're a complete sadist. Yeah, we'll... <laughs> and, and obviously you, you enjoy the hills and, um, you know, and you like a challenge. So, um, yeah, so I decided I would um, try out for the probationary team. So when they gather enough interest or when they decide they need a new intake, they will gather a probationary team and you're kind of put through your pace in the first night. So they put you out on a night navigation. Can you find yourself from A to B and are you kidding? I night hiking is another thing I know. Yes. I didn't, that's a thing. That's a thing for sure, yeah. Night hiking, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, <laughs> no, and it's very, <laughs> it's, it's very different, right? Yeah, I can imagine. But yeah. do you bring a tent with you or? For this, no, because we're just night hiking. But there is part of your probationary um, towards the end we will do an assessment and one of, there's layers and, and different days as um, part of it. But one of the days, kind of the final part of it is a night navigation on a hike and then we all bivy out um, which is you bivouac so you get into what I can only describe as a Gore-Tex sleeping bag and you sleep out um, for the night Okay yeah. Okay So how long are you with the rescue team in Dublin and Wicklow? So I joined um, at the beginning of 2017 so six years Oh wow yeah. Okay And uh, the, the, the the real reason you're here is to talk about Maggie. <laughs> talk <laughs> no, about you're a hero and I love you now, but really, <laughs> I've never met Maggie, but Maggie is a rescue dog. Yes. And your dog. Yes. Tell me about rescue dogs. So, um, 
a number of years ago, um, we decided on the team as just as, you know, we we have a number of, we're constantly reviewing our search techniques and our different tools, right? So we've got obviously vehicles and we've got um, capabilities with rope rescue. And, and, and just it's probably important to say that there are rescue teams all across Ireland, aren't there? Yes, there are 11 rescue teams Great. in Ireland. Yeah. And, and are they all charity funded mostly? Every single one of them is volunteer. Complete voluntary, voluntary. Complete volunteer, yeah. And and you're not. And before, I really want to get stuck into Maggie now mm-hmm. in a minute. But your numbers are growing, aren't you? You're called out a lot more. Yeah. So we probably have. I mean, we're approaching our one um, hundredth call out this year. I think probably this week or next week we'll hit there. Um, we were much much lower. Um, um, we're probably we average one hundred to one hundred twenty here. We're in the busiest part of the country, obviously, just with the proximity to Dublin. Um, some of the other teams have. Uh, definitely lower numbers but more complex but numbers have gone up hiking's definitely gone much much yeah. more popular hasn't it and it's just not, it's not just hiking it's mountain biking it's rock climbing you know um, it's people like in kayaks um, swift water things like that so are Dublin and Wicklow rescue team the only rescue team with, with rescue dogs so there's um, we have another so there's one standalone team called Sarda so they're um, they have search dogs and they work with mountain rescue teams so that's what they've called them search dogs right because yeah. rescue dogs confuses me as well because it sounds like you've rescued the dog but actually the dog is rescuing us yes which is also a metaphor for my life but, <laughs> so tell me about the, Maggie so yeah so um, actually a week before Covid um, I had been looking for a dog um, I wanted to have a dog that I could bring out in the hills with me um, and and one of the members on the team posted on, we have a social WhatsApp group and he posted a link to this dog that was looking to be rehomed. Um, her, her owner wasn't able to hold on to her anymore. So um, I went up to look at um, Maggie about two days later. She was called something else at the time. She was eight and a half weeks old. And as one of my colleagues, Sheila, mentioned, you never go to look at a puppy. You go to take the puppy home. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. So I took the puppy home and um, she was... Extremely, she's and she. What is she? She is half collie and a mix of Akita and German Shepherd. She's big. She's she's medium sized. She's yeah. like a she's a, a a broader, bigger collie. Little did she know what you had planned for her. Little and little did I know what I had planned for her. So, um, we had her house trained probably in like the space of an hour or two. Um, <laughs> what? Just very, very smart, very switched on dog and really, really, really driven with play. So all she wants to do is just play, play, play. And I, um, one of our team members, so we had, we had started to develop this dog unit within the team and this capability. <clears throat> and one and the, the person who was leading that, um, Sheila, and she um, lo- obviously loves dogs. So she said to me, can I, see, can I see a picture of the dog? We're now in mid lockdown. So I was sending videos of the dog and she goes, Whenever we get back out in the hills, whenever we can train again, will you bring her along and we can have a look at her? So we did that and she had a she had a look at the two of us and she said, if you can get her to bark for her toy, bring her back. So I went home and um, the next morning I got up and I spent five minutes jumping around like a lunatic in the back garden with a toy and Maggie started barking for the toy. So... I said, I've done it. And she goes, right, bring her down and we'll see what we can do. My dog barks for the toy. <laughs> now, she is half chihuahua, so I'm not sure how good she'd be up a mountain, but go on. So, so what you're basically trying to do is you're trying to find out what really motivates them or what really drives them yeah. and then exploit that. So um, we decided with Maggie's build, she's very agile, she's very nifty, very small, or not very small, but she's just very agile, that she would suit air scenting. So there's three types of, of dogs that we train. So... The air scenting is a dog that works with the wind and they work off lead and they cover massive areas. And the idea is that when we get into find someone who's missing, 
or lost, um, we will send the dogs out first and we'll know that, you know, they've gone out to Jouse and the car is here at the JB Malone car park and we'll do a hasty search and we'll put the dog out first um, because the dog will do the job of about 40 people. Really? Yeah, like they can, they can just cover... Um, ground like oh, I love dogs. like nobody else, and they can they just they they love it. So my job as her handler is to um, read the wind, read the terrain, understand our search plan and our search area, and direct her. So she is sent. I give her a command for Maggie. It's go find. She has her little jacket and she has her bell on. And once they go on, there's no holding her back. She, she knows just, what she doing. goes. She's I'm, I'm here to work, and this is this is my job. Now to her work is. Play, play, yeah. Because at the end of all of this, what she wants to do is she wants to find the person who's missing. Her job then is to find me, because so, I'm I'm clearing the area behind has her. She I'm found not. many people. She has found um, two people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she finds everybody when she's out training. So um, yeah, she's so we do we do. She's amazing. Yeah, she's fantastic, fantastic dog. She loves us. She will literally do. She just looks to me for direction, and she will do as I say like anything I ask of her so I'll point you know where I want her to go and she'll she'll climb up that mountain or she'll you know go through the forest and she she will find the person and then as soon as she finds that person she her next job is to refine is to find me so she comes back to me and she will literally tell me that she's found somebody and how she does that is she comes at me like a train is the way best way to describe it like a bullet and she will bark jump and jump and jump and bark and bark and bark you follow her then until I say show me and then she goes back to the person and she will keep doing this until I get to her. Now sometimes we are... So she ha- runs back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, so she has to bring me to the person and yeah. um, that's because... That's amazing. If she if she stays with... Because she clears such huge areas, if she stays with the person, if the wind or the terrain or the weather's really bad, I mightn't hear or see her. So even though she's got a bell on so I can kind of have an idea where she is in the hills, without her um, coming back to find me and bring me to the person then I have to go find the dog, right? So she, she brings me to the person. Does Sometimes, it get scary? Um, no, I mean, like the adrenaline, right, is, is, is really what kicks in at that point and you're just, you're, you're really keen to follow the dog and, and see what, what you have. Um, when we're out on searches, we will have a, a support person. We're carrying medical kit, obviously. The person may have had a medical incident, like a, a stroke or heart attack, um, or they could have had an accident. Um, so we're, we're prepared to, to treat them then. And then obviously radio in support and backup. And then as soon as we get there, the medics take over, we leave, Maggie gets her toy because that's what she's done all of this for. Um, to get her toy. To get her toy and she and sort of prances off the mansion with the toy between her. Does she, she have a look of satisfaction? You wouldn't believe it. Of like, yeah, 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 she does. Absolutely. How many dogs do you have? So I have another dog um, that I uh, got last year in no, training. As pa- oh, in, and in, dogs in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the rescue team. In the rescue team. So we have got at the moment two live air scenting dogs, just like Maggie. So Maggie and Boomer and um, Boomer's handler, Joe. with two um, man trailing dogs, um, Layla and Grace and their handlers, Morris and, and Philip. And then we have a couple in training. So we have another one wow. in, in training. And, and this is all completely voluntary. Yes. So uh, if people want to support the work that you do in the Dublin Wicklow Mountain Rescue Team, how can we do that? So it's probably two ways to do it. Um, I would say sign up for any of our fundraising events. Uh, we have one coming up um, in March called Walk the Line, which is um, a fantastic event. That Dusk goes into Dark Hike. Dusk into Dark Hike. Um, <laughs> I'll do that with you. Do that. Yeah. That would be great. So you can do either 13 kilometres or 26 kilometres. I'll do the 26. <laughs> we, we have guides available, but it's really well marked and it's just a, it's a, it's a great event. We have 
kind of a party at the end, a bit of a festival at the end, or um, donating um, to our, our team is also very much appreciated. So it's easy. The website is Dublin Wicklow Mountain uh, Rescue Team, which is abbreviated to dwmrt.ie. That's, That's dwmrt.ie if you want to... Uh, donate and support the wonderful work that Fiona and her team and Maggie do. It's so nice to chat to you. Thank I you. I love the story. Thanks for coming in, Fiona. Bye-bye. Fiona Kelly, uh, let's take a break. 